Hey, if you're listening to this, then this could be your ad. Funny Business currently open for sponsors. We've uh, been going now for over three years. Uh, our target demo, 24 to 45. Something that we're really proud of is a 50-50 split, male-female. Uh, we really think that if you're looking to get your business in front of thousands of Aussie businesses every single week, we drop pods four times a week with some of those episodes currently. Looking for the right sponsors and partners to get in front of um, our amazing community. We've, we've done work with some really big brands like to read them off the paper in two seconds. But seriously, um, this is something that we're really, really passionate about with the Dream Big Social Club and the access to thousand members already pre-signed up and what we're doing. If you want to get your brand out there, if you work in the Australian startup ecosystem, or if you're just looking for the right type of people, come and have that chat because we can do some pretty creative stuff and insert it however we want like we've just done with this ad. We've worked with brands like Seek, LinkedIn, Sharesies, Upbank, Dyson, MYB, Heaps Normal, and plenty more. So... Hopefully we can make something with you. Hey, and I don't mind this using the like the non-branded spaces to plug our own stuff because Locke and I have been doing that for the last three years. But we definitely know that what we're doing now is we build it out more as like people are coming to us to how to amplify their message and how to get and talk to the right people. Well, talk to them through Funny Business. It's already a channel that exists. Come on, let's go. Hello and welcome to Funny Business, the best podcast on the internet. I'm your co-host, Lockie. <laughs> Dude, I've never called myself lucky. It yes, feels weird. Yes, it feels, weird. feels a bit weird. But today we're lucky to sit down with Brian Mackey, CEO of Oat Milk Goodness and co-founder of Undivided Food Co. And I'll tell you what, she was she was zened out. Glowing. Glowing. Just happy. Yeah. Oh, honestly, one of my favourite chats this year is just down to earth, doing some good things. And her journey's been crazy. Oozing positivity. Like the private chef sort of stuff into, you know, building a business with Stevie Smith and, you know, oats and... It's all good shit, isn't it? Yeah, I was just – I really enjoyed this. It was a happy thing. We did – we actually recorded it on a Friday. It just left Fridays happy. Fridays are always good, aren't made they? Made my day. It's good, isn't it? I hope oh. this makes yours. Brian, thank you so much for jumping on and chatting today on the Funny Business Podcast. For those at home listening, tell us who are you and what do you do? I am Brian Mackey. I'm a co-founder of Undivided Food Co., which is a food business that makes organic bone broths and pantry staples like sauces and mayos without nasties that taste really good. And I'm also CEO of Oat Milk Goodness or OMG. We are an Australian owned and Australian made oat milk and we use Australian oats obviously in our oat milk as well as Australian olive oil instead of industrial seed oils, like a lot of our competitors in the market. So that's a big point of difference there for us. So essentially just really great, clean, everyday products. I love that. We had a stalk of the website and I'm looking at everything. I'm going yummy, yummy. I feel healthy just looking at it, you know. <laughs> it, everything looks uh, unreal. But before we dig into all of that sort of stuff, I've been looking at your LinkedIn and You've done lots of different things. Like I'm saying, kitchen manager at Too Good Co. Was that with Neil Perry and Matt Moran doing doing some work there? So it was actually, I was the, I think maybe I was actually the second chef to manage the operation that they got on board. Too Good Co. was started by a guy named Rob Caslick, who's incredible. And they were looking for someone just to manage their kitchen at the time. They were just doing soups. Um for corporate lunches. So I was brought in to sort of manage that operation. We were also using for staff women from refuges. So it was sort of teaching them how to operate in a kitchen at the same time. 
Um, so that that was sort of how it started. It started as a soup kitchen, um, kept it very simple. And then when when he was looking to get into new ideas, we were like, well, how could we make it a bit more exciting, get a bit more engagement? And thinking like, oh, if we got chefs involved to design a lunch instead of a soup, or maybe it was a soup that they started off with, that it would make a bit more impact. So then the likes of Neil Perry and other amazing chefs got involved. That's how it started. So yeah, I was there from the start. I love that because I'm looking at uh, your previous history towards that and web marketing back in 2007 to 2011. Yeah. So you're an OG. So knowing your stuff and you know that them ideas ticking over, can you explain how you got into all that? Because I'm looking at that. That was on-site yeah. in the United yeah. States. Then you work at yeah. hybrid and then you're doing some other stuff in Sydney and you, it seems like you've done lots of different things. Yeah, so I have a marketing background and I was sort of, I guess, getting a bit bored of going down that path. I wanted to have a bit more impact in what I was doing. And so marketing for other brands didn't feel as good for me at that time. I'd always been interested in nutrition and always loved cooking. And I was like, why don't I explore that a little bit? That's something I'm naturally super passionate about. And so I started I did like a little bit of nutrition study online and then I did some private chefing and then I worked in a restaurant kitchen, then did the two good thing and then ended up starting Undivided Food Co with a couple of business partners. So it just sort of naturally evolved, but I look back at it now and I think when I was doing that private chefing, like if you asked me to do that today, I'd be like, oh my God, like I wouldn't want to do it. Like it was super stressful and it was a lot to take on. But when you get started and you're just doing it, you know, you make it happen. So I was feeding, like, I was working for two rather big families. Both had five kids. So <laughs> obviously needed the help. Obviously had um, the money that they could spend on a personal chef as well. And so it was sort of getting dinner on the table for a large number of people at a very high quality, which I, if I had to do today, I'd be like, oh, God, like, that's a that's a task. I feel but, like you'd really, you'd hate cooking for Locke. If he was one of the kids of the family. No, it'd be easy. Cook just for because chicken he, nuggets. He's the panko crumbs the best you can. We had this, we chatted about this like the other day. He's one of the type of people that you go out for, you go out for dinner somewhere and he'll have one mouthful and then just sort of push it away and be like, oh no, you know, and then <laughs> oh, the, the, the way, the way to stuff comes, comes, is everything okay? And he tries to, oh, I'm just not hungry. Thanks. You know, yeah. I'm not hungry. What were some of the, what were some of the meals that you were cooking? Also, because it was for kids as well, there were things like I did a lot of crumbed chicken and things like that, which, you know, were kid favorites. So it was kind of essentially what we do now is taking everyday products and making them healthier and delicious at the same time. So, yeah, it was anything from, you know, a proper kid's meal like crumbed chicken to, you know, a three course meal if they had friends over for dinner and wanted something a bit fancier. That's nice. What is it about food that attracts you? Like to be in this space, like obviously it's it's one thing to like debut to- uh, like dip your toes in, but mm. like be here and like really like I, like you're obviously super passionate about it. Build a life around it. Yeah, yeah. I think both of my parents are great cooks. Both of my sisters also love to cook, so I think it was ingrained as a family. And I think we also always knew that you know nourishing yourself well set you up well to achieve what you wanted to um you know it's a really important part of keeping healthy and energized so I could always see directly like if I was eating well 
life was going good. And if I sort of, you know, wasn't looking after myself as well, then it wasn't. And I always want to share that with people. So I think it was just, you know, a natural interest really. Well, and I kind of eked out on it as well. Like I, it was one of those things where I was like, why am I doing these boring marketing roles when there are things that like I naturally want to just spend all night Googling, you know? Would well, you have a favorite product? You know, do you have like a favorite? Yeah. Thing? What's your baby? In terms of our range? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They, well, one of the most important aspects of our products is that they're all industrial seed oil free, which is a big thing for me. I like to avoid those altogether. So the mayo we have at Undivided Food Co. is made with Australian olive oil and extra virgin olive oil. It's addictive. Like I, I could put that on everything. <laughs> and then um, the oat milk is also because it's just like alongside coffee. You know, it's one of those things that I look forward to every day as well. But I must say in saying that I use broth in all my cooking, that's one of the things that gets used a lot too. So it's it's all good stuff. I was just say, can we go back a bit and, and talk about how, how the business actually started? Yeah, so I had sort of gone down that food path. I was doing all sorts of all, all sorts of experimentation with food at home, including cooking lots of bone broth. And when you're making lots of bone broth at home, your friends notice. <laughs> Because you always have like a slow cooker bubbling away and the house always smells of chicken or beef broth, which chicken smells pretty yum, but beef broth is pretty overpowering. And so I had one friend who knew I was making lots of bone broth. She is an interior designer and had a client who was also at the same time making lots of bone broth and using that to heal his gut and deal with an autoimmune disease. So one day he happened to post on Facebook that he wanted to start a bone broth business. And my friend saw it and was like, you have to meet my friend, Briar, introduced us. And it all started from there. <laughs> Pretty incredible, really. <laughs> when complete. you're going into that, though, are you thinking like, I've got my ideas for this and if it doesn't match up, well, maybe I'm still going to do it. Like, how did you go into that meeting or did you bring your I, own batch? yeah you, you brought bring, here's, here's yeah, a batch. hey try mine we'll try yours and see who's better <laughs> i think the thing with bone broth is it's pretty like i mean you can change up the recipe a little bit but it is what it is like it's all about using quality ingredients and we agreed about that um i had no expectations so i didn't know who this guy was i didn't know like did he really want to start a business like <laughs> <laughs> who posts that on Facebook and you know is that for real uh, and it, at that time it was just bone broth was just starting to get popular in America and there was a chef who was serving it out for like onto the street um, from his restaurant kitchen just like had a window that he would just serve it by the cup and that was happening in New York and was super super popular and we sort of thought oh that that sounds fun and like achievable let's do that. But then when we went to go and sort of figure out how that would happen, it all started um, evolving from there. How did it start to evolve? So you got the bone broth, you're like, yeah, this is, this is banging. We've nailed that. What's the next move and what's the move after that? What sort of products are you looking at? So the, the first step was just actually trying to find somewhere to make the bone broth. And that was um, way more challenging than we thought it would be because effectively you need a commercial kitchen with a grease trap and all all the all the stuff that we didn't know about and so we just started by going around and looking at you know little cafe hole in the wall cafes for lease 
and quickly realized that that wouldn't work. Um, and we ended up building our own um, commercial kitchen so that we could make it ourselves and, you know, purpose built, had all the right equipment and everything. So it was, <laughs> we were so green that it was really just putting one, you know, finding out one thing and then like, okay, like that's what we know now. Like what direction do we go in here? Because we know that won't work and this won't work. So it really, that that sort of was the, it was a process. It probably took us a year to figure out what we were actually doing, like what what the plan was. And what goes into making a new product now? Like, can you go into a bit of like, hey, I've got some ideas. I want to get this stuff. Oh, like this is, oh, that's like the this best be... stuff, yeah. yeah. So now it's now we know the process. It's a lot easier. So we, we started making the bone broth ourselves. And as soon as we realized, well, it, it was obvious. We knew it would be a problem, but it's a seasonal product. Like it, people consume a lot more bone broth during the winter months. So we needed to even that sales curve out and come up with something that people would want during summer. And so we started playing around with sauces and mayos. And for us, it was always just playing around with the recipe till we're happy with it, get the tea, you know, we'll all do our tastings and take it to our friends and get them to taste it, come up with a formula. And then we decided we weren't the most skilled people to make it. That wasn't our skill set. So we started using contract manufacturers so then it was, you know, we have an, a formula in mind. We find a contract manufacturer that can make it, which is not easy. <laughs> there aren't that many and there aren't uh, like a, they all specialize in different food products. So you need to find one that suits what you're looking for. And then you they they will take the formula and they'll try and replicate it. They'll price it up and see if it's viable and then it, it goes from there oh. yeah and what about the taste testings and stuff how do you know when it's done when you've, you put it back and you get a few and you're like that's the one that's the one that maybe that needs a little bit more think, of that and- I think that that's one of the big learnings I've had through this business is that I'm a perfectionist and I don't think it's ever done but you have to get it to a place where you're happy with it and go <laughs> I feel like you'd be a good person to be friends with. You'd be always bringing over like yummy stuff. To- <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're inviting Briar, hundred percent. She comes to the dinner party for sure. Yeah, but not so much anymore because, like, I, you know, I do it too much for work. That I'm just like sometimes I just don't want to have to look at food. But I, I generally do bring a good dish to a party. <laughs> I like that. Hey, can we let's let's talk about the oat milk? Yeah. yeah. So that was, we had Undivided Food Co. going, and that was with, um, I have my two business partners, Tony and Janine. They are husband and wife. So Tony, when I met Tony, his wife was also like, okay, well, I'm also interested in being involved. Always kind of wanted to take a back seat, but has always got roped into doing a bit more than (laughs) she intended on. So the three of us are going, um, we're on our way with Undivided Food Co., and Tony is a cricketer, has was out drinking, having a beer one night with a bunch of his cricket mates, one of which is Steve Smith. And Steve had just got back from some time in New York where he had discovered oat milk. It was 2008, 2018 and oat milk was just taking off over there. And he would go into a cafe and people would be talking about ordering oat milk. And he was like, what is this stuff? 
like actually really loved the product, came back to Australia and it wasn't that available here at the time. Um, He knew Australia grew, like had great oat growing um, conditions, that it's a sustainable, like really sustainable crop. So had, you know, two great reasons to start an oat milk business. Got talking to Tony, knew Tony was in the food, uh, was in the food business. Was like, Tony, can you make this product? Can we do it? Tony, of course, was like, yes, of course we can. <laughs> and so the next day they were like, yeah, we're starting a business. So um, it's it's Steve, a mate of his, Daniel, who's also a cricketer. Tony are the three co-founders. I'm CEO. And, um, and so it's kind of a merge between the, you know, team at Undivided and Steve and Daniel. Must be a cool project to be involved yeah. in. Like, obviously, like, getting someone like Steve on board and the press associated with having um, him uh, as doing our research for this. And I know he's been pretty big in investing and doing some other stuff, but talking about this one, like this is his first goal, his first baby and things like that. Is that, is that uh, been a cool experience? It has been. And he's really involved. He came up with the name. (laughs) So, yep. And uh, was very heavily involved in actually, you know, the product testing and trialing and, Whenever he's in the country, he he comes and, you know, we give him the full update and he's across everything really. So it's been, yeah, it's, it's also had its benefits too, of course. <laughs> we were, when he was back recently, we went into one of our local Woolies stores and the guys there just were like, oh my gosh, it's Steve Smith. And we were like, this is our oat milk. And they were like, okay, well, we can do more with this. <laughs> <laughs> now it has this huge display, which is incredible. We're like, Steve, you just need to go to every every store. That's okay. <laughs> You're Head salesman, bro. Head yeah, salesman. Out, out, yeah. There, out and about, all the rural on towns. The, on the road. Yeah. Door yeah. I would personally love that, just getting the door to everywhere I go. Like, that's not a bad trip, is it? You'd like yeah. to. Oh, like, like, yeah. Every salesperson would love that, wouldn't they? You walk in, they're gushing. Yeah. 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 Do you like, oh, do you like cricket? Yeah. We're like, oh, if only we had that impact on people. But <laughs> do, do you like cricket yourself? I actually, funnily enough, I really liked, followed it quite a lot when I was growing up um, in my younger years. But I can't say I've watched too much of it until recently when, you know, I need to keep on top of how things are going now. Love that. Well, he's in form, so he just made another yeah. 100 last night, so not bad exactly. I like that. in the in the finals. So we've, had a, we've had a fair few people on the pod who do product businesses, and um, one of the things we, we try and talk to them about is some of the challenges and maybe like speed humps to do with scaling. Uh, can you get into if you've experienced any of that stuff? And, and if you have, what have you done to overcome it? Yeah, so I guess our the biggest learning curve for us was when we were making the bone broth ourselves and got to the point where we were at capacity and we needed to decide whether we were the ones, the right people to be making it or whether a contract manufacturer had the skill set that we really didn't. And at the time I was running the kitchen. So I was literally, you know, making every pouch of bone broth that we put out into the market and I could handle it, but there were things like when equipment broke down, it was so stressful. And I was like, I I just don't want to be have to be responsible for that. So the easiest way for, to scale for us was to find a contract manufacturer. And we've been really lucky that we've found some really good ones. And we haven't had any issue with scaling since then, aside from every so often we'll have problems with 
um, getting raw ingredient, the raw ingredients that we need. Um, but yeah, so far it's been okay. So I guess for us, the answer was a contract manufacturer, but yeah, I can imagine, you know, like you're very reliant on them as well. So it comes with that risk too. Love that. What about being a CEO? Are there, are there challenges of that? Cause you wear many hats. I mean, Rob's you're our self-appointed CEO, really. You've, <laughs> you've been our CEO. Like, I think it just naturally fits that way. I, I don't think I've got the personality or the or the, the skills to be a CEO, but I feel like you're the CEO and you you wear many different hats and sometimes it can be stressful. Especially when you've got a lot of things that you're juggling and you've got people involved in things, you've got partners, you've got suppliers, you've got all sorts of yep. stuff. What are some of the things that maybe you've learned along the way and how have you got better? Yeah, I think it's still pretty new to me as well. I think it's been six months, maybe a little bit more. Um, We have a small team and we have an open office and we know everyone knows what's going on. So I think that makes it easier for me to stay across everything. And I have Tony, who has a lot of business experience, who's very useful, um, And most of the things that I'm not so good at. So leaning on the people who have the skills that you don't. Uh, But yeah, it's a juggle. I I think having those, like we have a team where we all have a, you know, we're all across everything, but everyone has their special skills and just trusting, trusting that each of those, those skill sets are working and leaning on those when you need them. Are there any brands inside or outside your, spray, your space that you draw inspiration from or you like? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are. Um, what what have I seen recently? There are, I always look, and, it, and it's probably obvious from the story, um, from my journey and the products we've created to what's going over in America because they do have, um, there are some very cool niche brands and I don't think that they, like I always look at them, I'm like, oh, that's so cool, I love that. And then I think, could we do that in Australia? And I don't know if the market's big enough here, but um, I do love one product at the moment. I don't even know how it's pronounced actually, Gaia, G-H-I-A, and it's a non-alcoholic Apertivo, and um, it looks delicious. And I'm like, because we were just it's drinking, yeah. yeah, we were just talking about not drinking so much these days as we get older. I feel like not many people are nailing that market. Like I, I've tried a bunch of options, and they're all quite, or just kind of sugary. And I feel like that looks like they've kind of nailed like Branding something school. sophisticated. Yeah. Yeah, I'm digging this. Yeah, oh, look at that. Another little gem that people can go. I'll put it in the show notes too. So people can one, you talk stop. about in this space all the time. It's like a brand like Liquid Death. Oh, yeah, a bit of personality to it. Have you have you heard of them before? No, I haven't. It's it's canned water, but it's just the craziest stuff you've ever seen. Okay. Like, I'm um, their, their slogan is murder your thirst. So it's got that sort of punk rock. They've been getting lots of big celebrities to do like collaborations with them online and stuff, um, yes. like funny ads and stuff like that. But it is nuts. It's why when you think they're just water. It's, yeah, just, right. it's just water in a can, but they've, they've, they've nailed it, you know. 
And that's the other thing. I look at those brands too, not that I've seen that one. And I'm like, that's really cool. And you're like, okay, how could I, you know, translate some of that into the brands we have? And I'm just, the budget some of these brands have is just blows your mind. So I'm, I'm like, how do you, how do you do that on a small like level and get that same sort of impact? Oh, I love that. That's been our pretty much our whole lives, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't it? Yeah, I, like, uh, I, like hey, I love I love what you guys are doing though, and I especially love those hot and not lists. Like <laughs> they've always been my favorite sort of thing. So oh, I think it's been a cool. fun one to do. You know, honestly, like breaking up with all this business stuff because we we love it. Like honestly, like we've gone down this. We're so passionate about this. Still the pod now for the last three oh. years and done a lot of episodes. So it's nice to have. Break it up. Yeah, break it up. And it's funny because yeah. a lot of guests, some guests can be like super mega serious. And it's like, it's like, I don't think everyone would want to listen to super serious, mega serious content like 24 seven. That's a hard You, you like that though. You like watching all that fear monger and stuff. Don't you? Nah. That's your favorite thing to consume. <laughs> Tinfoil hiccup. No, nah, huh? that's, that's not how it is. But <laughs> the question we ask all our guests is a bit of a mental health question. What do you turn to when you're looking to get some energy back in your life? So I am um, a meditator. So that's my first non-negotiable. I meditate twice a day for 30 minutes. And um, yeah, my friends often joke about me because I ha- I am like super disciplined. They're like, you're the most disciplined person I know, but I love that structure. So meditation for me is always like the first thing. I can't think of a day, like I always get at least one meditation in, usually the second one but I actually can't remember a day when I haven't meditated at all. So no way. <laughs> like, like, no, no, we talking? Is this like, a you thing? do look pretty Zen, you know, <laughs> pretty, pretty, like pretty happy, you know, <laughs> yeah. glowing. I need, I need yeah. some meditation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we definitely do. Yeah. yeah you're radiating positivity and oh. light and, you know, we're in the dark. <laughs> you're in the dark over here. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I love it so much that I am actually a trained teacher too. So I'm like a full convert. Um, so that's that's the first thing. I love, you know, getting out into nature. So hiking, getting away for a hike every so often, surfing, being in Bondi and everything. And I recently took up playing tennis as well. So I, th- I think like learning new sports, surfing was new for me too. I think that's such a great way to sort of for- forget about everything and, you know, blank out for an hour and just focus on this new thing. And learning is always, you know, super great for you too. So, yeah, that, so meditation, getting in daily exercise, cooking for me obviously is is always something I come back to. And just having time with family and friends. But for, yeah, meditation. Everyone meditate. <laughs> what, what time are we talking? Like the first thing you do when you get up? Or is it like... Is it a... transcendental stuff? What is it? Yeah, so I practice Vedic meditation, which is very similar to transcendental meditation. Kind of just a rebrand almost. <laughs> I love that. Well, you said, you mentioned discipline before. And you mentioned how it's always sort of come naturally to you. For me, it's like that's I think it's a battle um <laughs> around like setting up the structure in your week. Like I feel like when yes. pe- plenty of people go out on their own or they come from a system where it's like this is your schedule, like a school, like a work thing, and then you come in and you gotta set up your own stuff. I feel like that's one of the most important skills that people don't think about. They might have all the ideas, but it's like how does your actual week look like when you start yes. a business and how do you set it yeah. up, you know? Yeah, and I think some people 
love you know don't like that structure and for me I just love it like I feel best when I have a plan in place and I have like a routine and yeah I have like I want to have stuff locked in I have friends who are like I can't commit to that like it's a week away I'm like no no like I want it I'm I'm booking like the reservation you know the dinner reservation already and if I could like I'd probably pre-book the uber like a week in advance you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just to that extreme. So for me, that side has always come easily. But with meditation, like my first is always just straight away as soon as I wake up. So there's really no reason why that should ever slip because if it's if it if you don't think you can fit it in, you just get up half an hour earlier. Like it, it's that easy. What about consuming? content and stuff uh you know you're busy throughout the day you've locked in all your stuff do you put limits on that on what you look at or are you someone who's just like always sort of looking to see what's going on it's hard these days isn't it like I think the focus and everything all of the inputs coming in at the same time but I also like I kind of manage our Instagram account so I feel like I'm always keeping an eye on those so I feel like that is one place that sucks away a lot of my attention. But I think that's it, really. Luckily, I haven't got, gone down the rabbit hole of too many other platforms. But, um, yeah, I I like to be, on, you know, checking in on those Instagram accounts because we get quite a lot of customer feedback and inquiries. And I think it's important to stay, like, for everyone to stay across those. So it is that's part of my job too, I think. <laughs> So if you're getting a message at 11 p.m., you're in bed, is the phone in the bedroom and you're going, I need to respond to this person now or are you someone who can, that can wait till the morning? I if Usually I would hopefully not have my phone on at 11, but if I saw it, I would respond. I'm not good at not responding. <laughs> I like that. I like what Rob's done with yeah. his the way, the way he treats um, Instagram because with the stories, you don't look. You're like, I don't need to consume other people's lives. I, yeah, I, I just yeah. Avoid, avoid that. I'll look at your post. I'll look at your post. He's like uh, the the old grannies on Facebook. Like they don't really comment and that. They just they know what's going on though. Well, I feel like if you have to keep up to date with yeah. it, like, the expectation that you got to view everyone's fucking story. That's a lot of. I don't have any no. desire to do that in my life at all. That's like when you catch <laughs> those, you catch up with someone and then you don't have anything to talk about because you've like you've lived it with them. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you know what they've done already. I know. There is one thing though. Like I'll often watch all the stories because. Sometimes an influential person will say, oh, I need an, like, you know, make a reference to oat milk. And then we're like, okay, send them a case of oat milk. So there is, it is hard to switch off. <laughs> well, I'm looking at the the milk market and oat milk's just taken off. Like my partner, Tales, she's frothing oat milk now. Cooper Chapman, he was on the oat milk when he come down. Um, yeah. Everyone's sort of getting on board. It's like, it's crazy, you know, and it's funny that you can just sort of put it in anything. It's such a versatile product as well. Yes. Yeah. I think like most most cafes are reporting that it's their number one alternative milk. And some of the more progressive progressive cafes, it, it's even starting to take over dairy milk too. So, yeah, it's happening. There are a bunch of ca- cafe chains in America that, that are actually making it their default. One in particular is because they're doing it for the environmental reasons and they're trying to keep their carbon footprint down. But, yeah, if you went in there, they you would get an oat milk coffee by default. What about what's the... What's the naughtiest thing you like to eat? Like we're talking about all this healthy stuff and doing an amazing job, but is there anything on the me- that's your guilty pleasure? Peanut butter. <laughs> oh, yes, on celery. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. On anything. 
<laughs> I love that. Peanut butter. Yeah, you like peanut butter. Do you like crunchy or is it the crunchy. smooth? Has to be crunchy, salted for sure. Yeah. It's not even, is that bad for peanut butter? I don't butter? reckon it's that guilty. That's not that guilty. Yeah. <laughs> I had chocolate on the way here. Well, it's peanut butter is like my healthy food. When people say, I want a healthy food you have, I go, peanut butter and celery. <laughs> <laughs> It's the thing I can't stop, though. You know, once I open a jar of peanut butter, it, it's not lasting long. But I, yeah, other than that, th- that is the my true love. I think Rob's <laughs> wife puts it in the Kong bowl, and you you walk around the house with a little dog toy trying to get. <laughs> 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 right huh? You're like a Hoover. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what about your What about your favorite meal? What's your favorite meal? A, a, a slow roasted lamb shoulder. Love lamb. Probably have some roasted, you know, twice baked potatoes with that. And then tiramisu. What Courses. If, what if you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life? You, you could oh, only have one thing. Maybe that's, could it be peanut butter? <laughs> <laughs> I could survive <laughs> that. Might it be hot chips, I reckon. Really? Yeah. Just hot chips. I could eat hot chips every day. <laughs> Turn into a potato. Yeah. Right. I'm as close as it gets to her. <laughs> hey, we're, about, we're about halfway through the year. What's exciting? What's planned for the rest of the year? What can we expect to see? Well, our oat milk has just gone into Woolworths nationwide. So that is super exciting. We'll be trying to push that as much as possible. So Congratulations. Yeah, really exciting. Um, we're working on a couple new products in the oat milk range too. So yeah, that's that's our two two big things for the the rest of the year. Undivided Food Co is kind of just um, we've got a few little ideas here and there, but it, it's coasting along pretty nicely. So, yeah, just more of the same really. But working on those new products. I like that. I like that. Before we let you go, what have you been listening to? Do you do you listen to pods and read books and all that sort of stuff? Can you leave the listeners with any sort of recommendations? Anything on the nightstand? I um, love Rick Rubin at the moment. Have you guys? Yeah, I love Broken Record and all yep. his like one-on-ones, crazy, yeah. So I sort of started when he, because he's doing a lot of podcasts now because he just released his book, which is on my bedside table. Um, and so I've listened to all of those. And then I just discovered that he has his own podcast too. So I've started listening to those as well. But he's my favorite at the moment. Love listening to podcasts though. And um, I like Dax Shepard, the armchair expert. And Tim Ferriss is is a, a pretty constant, you know, feature on my playlists. Oh, I love that. Rick Rubin is one of my favorites. I reckon just the way he thinks about stuff. Oh. It's like it just un- it feels like it unlocks certain things in my brain. The yes. way he talks about it, like the metaphors he uses, like oh, okay, like I, I don't know, it appeals to a certain type of person. I feel like he's just yeah. Really- I know because I've recommended him to a lot of people, including my dad, and I'm like, isn't he just incredible? And people aren't as excited as me, but I'm just like, he is. I I love him. Rob used to love Tim Ferriss, didn't you? You loved his, his four-hour no, work no, week. He was good. And his YouTube stuff is good the way he does stuff, yeah. I feel like mm. he, he was. he's done a great job of helping because his books and the things that he's done have been, like, so different to a lot of stuff, yes. like really contrasting to what the system or how people are expected to grow up or, or careers and things like that. And I, I just like the way that he talks about but There's a few others, like I, I always miss, like, James Clear, who was just, like, Atomic Habits or... The School yeah. of Life. Have you, you like that? 
No, I haven't listened to that. Oh my god, the I School of Life. <laughs> it's probably both our favorite. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Alan Debodden, he's a. Oh author. yes, okay, yeah. It's his thing, and he's okay. released a bunch of books and stuff, and there's yes. a few pods and stuff on it. But and after school, that's crazy yeah, too. Yeah. And after school with a S K O O L, um, amazing YouTube channel breaking down. I think Rick Rubin, they use uh, people's examples and they create like a cartoon. It's like those doodles of tobacco, on the back of people's speeches or like yeah, yeah, yeah. motivational things. It's really like cool the way they do it though. But yeah. I'm just so, out. Oh, so much gold. This has been such an awesome chat. I can't wait to actually put this out in the world. It's been awesome to meet you and lovely to hear about what you're building at Undivided uh, Food Co. It's just insane. Look forward to seeing it all over Australia um, in all the stores. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be um, on your podcast. As a long-time podcast consumer, I'm very excited to finally be on one. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't been on one before. No. I mean, I actually avoid avoid any sort of anything like this um, as much as I can. So you guys seem like a, a, a great place to start because I like your approach and I like the casual sort of chat. Oh. Hey, Briar Mackie, I reckon if MySpace was still around, she'd be in my top 40 friends. I <laughs> top 40 friends. I I'd, like, I'd sneak her I like the slow roasted lamb shoulder too, um, and I'd really like to try it. So happy to maybe have to sneak up there and find <laughs> out when she's hosting the next dinner party and we'll attend. Hey, honestly, they're doing some good stuff and go support them. Go check out their website. Unreal story. Can't believe it was their first podcast. Honestly, fucking And just in Woolies, it. so go and get it. Yeah, just go and get it. It's everywhere now, so no excuses. But, uh, you know, if you like our stuff too, just leave us a good review because we love it. It actually means a lot, goes a long way. Actually makes Robbie smile, so his face cracks when that happens. It's good. Hey, if you're listening to this, then this could be your ad. Funny Business currently open for sponsors. We've uh, been going now for over three years. Uh, our target demo, 24 to 45. Something that we're really proud of is a 50-50 split, male-female. Uh, we really think that if you're looking to get your business in front of thousands of Aussie businesses every single week, we drop pods four times a week with some of those episodes currently. Looking for the right sponsors and partners to get in front of um, our amazing community. We've, we've done work with some really big brands like to read them off the paper in two seconds. But seriously, um, this is something that we're really, really passionate about with the Dream Big Social Club and the access to 1,000 members already pre-signed up and what we're doing. If you want to get your brand out there, if you work in the Australian startup ecosystem or if you're just looking for the right type of people, come and have that chat because we can do some pretty creative stuff and insert it however we want like we've just done with this ad. We've worked with brands like Seek, LinkedIn, Sharesies, Upbank, Dyson, MYB, Heaps Normal and plenty more. So... Hopefully we can make something with you. Hey, and I don't mind this using the like the non-branded spaces to plug our own stuff because Locke and I have been doing that for the last three years. But we definitely know that what we're doing now is we build it out more as like people are coming to us to how to amplify their message and how to get and talk to the right people. Well, talk to them through funny business. It's already a channel that exists. Come on, let's go.